Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Offensively, they score with the best of them, but we have so many my bads and, and blown coverages tonight. It just stacked against us. And then you couple that with them having 36 free throws, and then they made some threes, one off the glass, the one at the end, like stuff like that. It was just too many too many holes to dig out of tonight. I, I didn't think we played with the sharpness and game plan discipline that it takes to play against a team that's hungry. A team hasn't been to the playoffs in a long time, and they're chasing something. And I didn't feel like we chased tonight. I thought we were not as sound um, as we need to be uh, to play against a really good offensive team. We hung in there, but we just didn't have the the level of game plan discipline that it takes to you know, win a game like that. Monty Williams, Saturday night after the Sacramento Kings came to town, beat the Suns 128-119. to I think very valid criticisms of his team's performance, uh, and there was other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Suns got affected by whistles in the first half, especially when Sacramento shot 28 free throws in the first half. Yeah. It was pretty much a parade to the free mm-hmm. throw line, especially when the bench came in. Uh, Monty talked about the bench not doing its job. Um, and you know this is a, a this is a very interesting stretch of time I think for the Suns. We got the Kevin Durant sample. We got three games. They beat Charlotte. They beat Chicago. They beat Dallas. He has the freak injury, so now he's out for for the time being. And that coincides with you know outside of a, a, an Oklahoma City team that was resting some some players that that night that Durant turned his ankle. Uh, you see Sacramento. They were the hungrier team. There's no doubt about it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You got Golden State tonight in San Francisco, and they're starting to become a desperate team, and they're very good Mm -hmm. at home with 28 wins at home already. Then you get the Bucks tomorrow night, the hottest team in the NBA. I'm wondering, because, let's face it, a three-game losing streak is very probable uh, when all is said and done. I'm wondering what the fan base, what the the, the refrain from the fan base is going to be if the Suns do get to that territory. Because it went from... Ultimate optimism, like who's going to stop the Suns Ooh, now? Yeah. No, ain't nobody touch us. Yeah, yeah exactly. It shows you how right. fragile everything yeah, it does. is. No, yeah, you're right about that. And and I've noticed this about the. This is one of the things that jumped out at me about Saturday. And I I don't know if there's a correlation here, but you know, and you know as well, being so integrated with the team as you are, that in in that Dallas series, the obsession with referees got to a crazy level. And I think it happens to the Suns when they're very stressed or when they're not feeling good about where they're where they are and what they have against the team they're playing. And I think I felt a little of that on Saturday. It was like the team knew we're missing a pretty big piece. We're missing that guy that made us unbeatable. And so how do we go about winning this game? And I think there was a... A lot of a lot of stress cracks in their game Saturday night. Yes. I think the play of the bench didn't help it. And yeah, I mean all that we'll stuff. We'll get into that, but yeah. on the whistles too. That was uh, a very common uh, topic of discussion after the game. DeAndre Ayton said, "Yeah, it affected us. Can't let that happen." Like I said, it's a playoff game. The whistles. We can't even be worried about the whistles. The officials are doing their job, um, but we can't control it. Just making sure we we stick to our game plan personnel, man. Um, I feel that. You know, as a group, collectively, we but we weren't as mentally locked in, and you know we had some emotional errors. You know, where down the stretch, where guys was getting open, and you know um, guys.
guys, guys was getting in rhythm, you know, by them running the same play. Usually we do those to teams, but, you know, they happen to do it to us tonight, um, executing pretty well down the stretch. In the fourth quarter, when the Kings needed a basket, De'Aaron Fox would just kind of tiptoe up to, you know, that, that left elbow and shoot a 14-foot yeah. jumper yeah. and make it. It was very little resistance. Very little. But the Suns did get affected by the officials. And I will say this. It's not the reason they lost. But again, I think Saturday night was an example of, and everybody said, oh, no, Mark Davis is the crew chief. There is a group of young officials in the NBA, um, both men and women, that are coming in and they're mm-hmm. cutting their teeth. And I, I feel this on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. When there's a young official on a crew with veterans, the young official feels compelled to blow their whistle, to be seen. And Ray Acosta was that guy on Saturday night. And he, I mean, he was very whistle-happy in the first half. Again, the Suns did a better job. I think the officiating evened out a little bit in the, in the second half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the mindset was affected. And yeah. it's not the reason they lost the game, but it, it's very frustrating to watch. Nobody no, I, wants to watch nobody, a whistle no, show no, in a free no, throw no, shooting no, contest. No, no, that is that is so true. So um, so I, I would like the Phoenix Suns on some level, because everything you're saying is accurate. It, it jibes with what I watched on Saturday as well. It, it would really, I, I would like the Phoenix Suns to get this message across to them. I would like Monty Williams to get this message across to his team finally, because he dances around it, it seems, uh, for the last couple of years, this idea that don't don't squander your focus on something you can't control. Pour that energy into some. Mm-hmm. Pour that energy into playing defense, and and so I think that a lot of times when the Suns don't play the requisite brand of defense that they have to play, this tends to happen to them more often than not. So I would either like Monty to get that message across to this team to stop that, or 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 be willing to really kind of. You know, take one for the team to go Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. But go Monty, one way or the other. But Monty well, didn't want to pay the 30 no, grand. And Monty, he, he, he tiptoed around it the other night. We yep. just kept following them. I mean, they had 37 free throws, I think. That's a lot of free throws. And it was a physical game, so it's like, what do you do? Am I supposed to get up here and say something crazy and then get a fine and then come back tomorrow and say, oh, I'm human? I don't need to do all that. It's pretty obvious that there were some calls that didn't go our way and there were a number of calls that went their way. Was he saying it by not saying it by saying it? Right, (laughs) but but his players want him to say it more forcefully. That's, That's how locker rooms work. If if players know that coach is going to rip into officials, it will make them feel better. Yes. But, it's, but but Monty, Monty my, my gut theory on this is that Monty is too decent of a human being to kind of to kind of dig in, claw into the refs like that. Yeah, and I would I would love to hear like Fred Van Vliet behind closed doors. Cost you thirty grand. Was what, it worth was it? it? Worth it? And we'll have to wait a while to see the effects of it. Uh-huh. But there was a lot of people that listened to that tirade and said that was only thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, that, that right. might be an admission by the league to say, okay, he's got some points. You that official so right was out of that. line. That's a great observation. That's a, a lot of people reacted that very way. Like, oh, that yeah, yeah he kind of got bargain. his money worth. That's a bargain. <laughs> uh, but I will say this: the, the bigger problem was was the play of the bench or the lack of play from the bench. And Monty Williams had some strong comments on that on Saturday. Their bench has sixty five points, so that, that's unacceptable. Our bench came in tonight and and the game plan was not there 
from the jump. We were fouling, and Lyles came in and hit threes. Monk got going in the second half. Like We just didn't have a, a, a high level of respect for their bench. And um, Terrence scored tonight, but outside of that, uh, we didn't counter it. But our defense from our bench has to be a lot better. And that, that's on me to get the guys out there that know what we're doing. Yeah, get guys out there that know what they're doing. Uh, 65 bench points. The, the Kings played five guys off their bench pick. Every single one of them had nine or more yeah. points. Four of them were in double figures. You know what you're going to get from Malik Monk. He's he's instant offense off the bench. But Kessler Edwards was stepping up and hitting big shots. Trey Lyles in the first half was hitting big shots. And the Suns, conversely, I mean, Damian Lee is now floundering to find a, a role on this team. He played only a handful of minutes. Uh, Torrey Craig was in the starting lineup because of the Kevin Durant injury. He struggled. Ish Wainwright is still getting minutes, and, and you see that, you know, he's going to get open looks, and if he's not hitting those threes, it's really hard to justify to continue to play. Yeah. That's the juggling that's going on for Monty Williams is to find the guy that's going to hit those open shots about that? that present yeah. themselves. They don't have it. That's the thing is that they have a guy who could hit. They have, like, five guys who can have a good game every, like, four games. But well, they don't have a Malik Monk. And, and, to, and to Bick's earlier point, Terrence Ross was devastating offensively. He scored 18 points, but he was also... His plus minus was way out of whack with everything else that yeah. happened. He was a yeah. minus eighteen <laughs> in what was a close is, game most of the way. And this is this is the key because finding that guy to make that open corner three when KD gets back, mm-hmm. that person's got to play defense at a playoff caliber level, and that's 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 the needle you've got to thread here. Yes. Yeah, I'm real curious to see what yeah. this uh, looks oh, like yeah. tonight because the Suns should play with a desperation in San Francisco against the Warriors. Tip-off 7, pregame 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. Coming up next, some Cardinals roster moves over the weekend. One popular player coming back for 23. One popular player is not. We'll get into the latest next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta mornings. Third and five under seven minutes to go here. First half, 14-3, 49ers lead. McCoy with two men on the backfield. Looked like offside by the 49ers. Free play. Pass to the left, caught by Dorch. First down of the 50. Far side, 40. 35-30. Cuts back to the right, 25-20. Dorch still at his feet, 15. And finally tackled at the 13. The Cardinals make the most of the free play. It's a huge gain for Dorch, and the Cardinals move into the San Francisco red zone. What a Dorch! What a Dorch! <laughs> Dorch. What a Dorch. Sarah? What a Dorch. <laughs> Greg Dorch. That was one of the longest plays from scrimmage for the Arizona Cardinals oh, yeah. in 2022. 47-yarder yeah. against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Why in the world are we playing a Greg Dorch highlight from a game that the Cardinals got killed in uh, on March 13th? Because Greg Dorch, what a Dorch. He's coming back to Arizona. Uh, that news broke over the weekend. Dorch put it out on social media. Cardinals put it out soon after that uh, as an exclusive rights deal. Uh, Greg Dorch coming back. And yeah. uh, he was a, you got to dig pretty deep and look pretty hard to find bright spots from last season. But Greg Dorch's play was one of them. 
Yeah, I don't know why he struggled to get on the field the way he did. I don't know. Uh, that was one of many issues uh, I had last season with Cliff Kingsbury was was just that. It seemed like that young man, every time he was given an opportunity, he he ran with it. He took it and ran with it, and yet it kept getting taken away from him. Um, I'll tell you my first my initial reaction from over the weekend, um, knowing that the team looked at Greg Dorch and said, yes, he is part of the future, and knowing they looked at Mark Marcus Golden and said, "No more. That's we're done with this." Yeah, that was the other news uh, yeah. after Marcus Golden. You know, and and we talked a lot about Marcus Golden in preseason last mm-hmm. year. He wasn't playing. Was it a hold in? Was it an injury? He ended up getting that contract extension eventually, and unfortunately, that was pretty much the last we heard of Marcus Golden. He did not have a productive season. One of the most disappointing players, I would say, last yeah. year. Um, and you know, big fan of Marcus Golden, but the Cardinals made the determination. Yeah, we 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 are done with this. He moved on. He. Uh, he tweeted uh, over the weekend, thanks for everything, Bird Gang. On to the next. Let's get it. Hashtag never fold. Marcus Golden will always be a very popular figure mm-hmm. figure in, in Cardinals history yep. in Arizona. He was a guy that wanted to be yep. here, made it very clear. It was refreshing to hear at a time where you didn't hear a lot of guys say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, a tough decision, and they made the right decision. Yeah. He was not productive last Listen, year. Listen, yeah, he was one of many Holdens last year. He yeah. was Holden Golden. Yeah, he was one of the, he was one of the issues as to why this football team was not firing on all cylinders at the beginning of the year. It was it was symptomatic of a larger issue. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is the evaluation of Marcus Golden plus the evaluation of Greg. What a dorch! Makes me... Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged that that's how Monty Ford sees both of those guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and again, on Golden, he went from eleven sacks to two and a half last yeah, year. And and it was just he was just always one of those guys. It almost felt like you know it was like yeah, let's bring him back because fans love him. He, he he you know there's just it it, it the, the time has come for this football team, as Michael Bidwill said in these very radio studios, to rip the bandaid off. It, the the time has come to build a real foundation, a real nucleus, homegrown players. It's it's about time they get this. Thing. Thing done. Homegrown players, but also replenishing with, with the you know, free agency yeah. starting. It's a time to replenish and find the right fit well. for guys. And I had seen some reports over the weekend too, in terms of what you just brought up, ripping the bandaid off, um, and you know, guys being here maybe because the fans like them or based on what they did in the past. Mm-hmm. And another you know, uh, salary cap um, creation move, you know, to free up some space could be getting rid of Dennis Gardak, who's another popular yep. player, but. Dennis Gardak three seasons ago had seven sacks. He's had one since. Yeah, and you know his his uh, value on special teams is what it is. He's he's a good special teams player, but mm-hmm. you can create space. You can find another Dennis Gardak to 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 create uh, that production in special hope. teams. You would hope they're gonna have to find another. A lot of people though. At a certain yes. point, I mean, there's going to be that would a big, to you. big turnover. But that would appeal to you if you if you were a guy that that wanted an opportunity to build his own football team, and I think that applies to Monty Asenfort, Then 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 you like this. You like this fluidity. Yes, you, there, you've got a chance now to really rebuild this. Absolutely. Thing. There's two ways you could look at this from Monty Asenfort's standpoint, and that is, oh my goodness, we have so many holes to fill. This is going to be hard work. Or, like you just presented, Monty Ossenfort looking at this as an opportunity with almost a clean slate. Yeah. You can identify the keepers for the Arizona Cardinals pretty easily Mm -hmm. by watching tape and going over some numbers. You can do that. It was that bad of a season. 
So that's probably the way they're looking at it. Monty Austin for his coaching staff and, and, and that front office is we have a chance to build something from the ground yeah. up here. Uh, yeah. And that's and they don't have to, you know, they're not chained to a bunch of contracts. They're not chained to a bunch of guys they do not want. Now, the free agency and how this plays out in regard to Zach Allen and Byron Murphy Jr., this is going to be interesting because when you talk about building a core, these are two young guys that that should be part of what you're doing going forward mm-hmm. and so but but again you know what it's like when when another team makes a christian kirk kind of offer yes it can get a little difficult well and that's what they've got to be bracing for this week especially on two players uh you know byron murphy jr and zach allen could very well be in that category uh where they're just thrown an offer that they can't say no to yeah how yeah. how equipped are the cardinals who i think have identified both of those two guys on the keepers list it just coincides with their their pending free agency Mm -hmm. those are guys you want back but does it make sense financially to pay byron murphy jr 16 million dollars a year which is the figure that's been thrown out there and what he could get in the open market that's a ton of money and that's yes, and and that was sort of the reaction to Christian Kirk. It was like, well, that's 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 an overpay. Christian Kirk isn't worth that kind of money. And then Christian Kirk went out there and had that kind of season where anybody looking at him would go, oh yeah, that was a that was a good get for them. Yeah, that was a good pickup for them. And now looking at the wide receiver situation a oh, year yeah. later, and things went so south that it's you know it, it's almost unfair to revisit it now. But would you rather have Christian Kirk or Hollywood Brown moving forward? Oh, Christian Kirk, yeah. undoubtedly. <laughs> Undoubtedly, yeah, because especially DeAndre Hopkins not going to be here most likely. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So so again, I think there's a, there's a chance with with De- and I thought I thought initially I, I really I'm just really stunned at how. How value is determined in the NFL if if you are going into a year. Or going into a season and you're desperate, then it's okay to trade a number one pick for Hollywood Brown. But then when you're trading a DeAndre Hopkins, you can't even get a number one back in return. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what the calculus. I don't know how much of it is salary related as well. But that that's kind of depressing to me because I would think that if you were going to go full on rebuild, the trading out of the number three pick plus the trading of DeAndre Hopkins should get you some draft capital. You you would think, but this, you would is, hope. this is going to be a big week, an important week in the most important off season for the Arizona Cardinals yes, ever. <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day. The Rush Hour Reboot, straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, my friends. Happy Monday. Usually I don't actually mean it when I say happy Monday, but it's a post-selection Sunday happy Monday. So I do actually mean it this time. Sarah Gazelle taking you through the top stories of the day on the Rush Hour Reboot with Dan Bickley. Hello. With Vince Murata. Man, what the hell are y'all doing out there? <laughs> and Jarrett Carlin. That's right, bro. You better dap me up. Oh, it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> That's right, bro. bro. You better dap me up. <laughs> 
Tremendous. All right, we're going through the top stories of the day like we do every single day at this time here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. And like I said, it's a post-selection Sunday, Monday. March Madness is here. ASU, U of A, and GCU all made the NCAA men's tournament. U of A and GCU both got in via their auto bids after winning their respective conference tournaments on Saturday. Uh, U of A obviously would have gotten in regardless, but they both got in via auto bid. And there was a lot more suspense for ASU right on the bubble, but here's the moment ASU got in. This team, the Big 12, will play. Doing their usual watch party at Coach Bobby Hurley's house. Uh-huh. Everyone jumped in the pool. Let's go swimming. Yes, yep. yes. Their third trip to the first four uh, in six years. Like you said earlier, Dan Bickley might as well just you know buy an Airbnb or get a timeshare <laughs> or something. Dayton, Ohio or, is your second. Or here's home. an even better. Here's an even better idea, Sarah. Maybe Ooh. they should hang first four banners in the arena. <laughs> now that's just mean. No room. <laughs> I know. <that. laughs> I'm still. That from somebody. Oh, is somebody that right? texted me that line. That's a great line. They should hang is, first four banners in Desert Financial. Please yeah. continue. All right. So the Sun Devils in the first four will play Nevada on Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, some intrigue there with Desmond Cambridge Jr. and Warren Washington yeah. both facing their former team of just one season ago. Um, U of A is a two seed playing 15 seed Princeton on Thursday, and GCU is a 14 seed. Bless your hearts, you've got Gonzaga on Friday. That is not a fun time, no. ever. Uh, what were your guys' biggest takeaways from Selection Sunday, be it for the Arizona schools or just the tournament as a whole? I was, uh, I was, uh, again, I just, back in the day, a 22-win basketball team didn't have to sweat it out the way ASU did, <laughs> especially when a sub-500 team was lurking to, to be one of those teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, that used to not be a thing. If you were a sub-500, you were not getting into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me is just the lack of like the dominant teams and it seems like yeah. every time they flashed up another first round matchup it was teams with the same record like everybody's 22 and 11 this year <laughs> that's so true <laughs> and uh-huh. i was also one of the things that made me worried as a sun devil yesterday is at the beginning of the selection show i was like here's where we have all of our cameras set up for reaction and there was like 16 schools and asu wasn't one of those schools Uh-oh. i'm like maybe they know something <laughs> oh boy uh, so you know uh, that that kind of made me nervous but um yeah, was there any well, big snubs? I, I don't know. Well, I think it's great that um, that Alabama gets to go into a tournament as the most hated basketball team. Yeah. In their own well backyard. Now they know what their right. football team feels exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, slightly different reasons. Yeah, but yeah. very different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see, while we're talking fun facts about the NCAA tournament, did you see that North Carolina, the North Carolina men, first team in the history of college basketball yeah. to start out as the preseason number one and not make the tournament. Yeah. And they because not- preseason rankings are just so valid and so useful. <laughs> they, hey, what a joke. North, they, they should have been valid. That should have been a good North Carolina team. That was a big disappointment. They had a lot of guys back from that team that played in the championship game. Yeah. That was a major fail. Yeah. And then they, well, hey, NIT, thanks, but no thanks. We're right. good. We're not oh, good. Yeah. We're yeah, too good to play a, in yeah, your that's tournament. That's a little arrogant, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, nice. No, we're, we're good. We're fine. So, any early picks for the national champ? Or at least a final four. 
All right, I'm going to put this out early so you, uh, everybody listening, can fill out their brackets accordingly by doing the opposite. I like Kansas. Wow. I know repeat champions don't happen a lot, and this is a completely different team from last year's team. I like the way they play. Bill Self is actually going to show up for the games this week, With apparently. Stents in his heart. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, that's my pick. Okay. Vic, anyway. any thoughts? No. Vic's picks? No, I, I, I got no, nothing. Picks, I right. got nothing for you right now. Okay. He's going fair. with the Lopes. Do you want to know? Lopes up, baby. Let's go, Lopes. You want to know how damaged Jarrett and I are as U of A fans? Specifically, not generally. We don't have enough time for well, that. Well, I know how damaged Jarrett is. Right. But. Well, as soon as you said, Vince, you started to give your picks, Jarrett and I snapped our heads to look at each other. And I think we were both expecting that you were going to pick Arizona. And we were both expecting that. Oh, that's not. And well, that's. That's what I was okay. expecting, and I was like, "Oh no, don't!" Vinny do wouldn't. Vinny wouldn't pick Arizona, even to ironically, yeah, yes. wouldn't. <laughs> and I was, I was bringing. I brought this up during the commercial break because I asked you guys earlier uh, how you felt uh, about the two seed. Let me rephrase the question. Okay, we've seen Arizona be a high seed before with Last real year. championship aspirations. Last year, do you feel? Do you feel like this is a championship team? No. I felt nope. much more confident. I, I felt very confident last year. Actually, I thought they were uh, yeah. the best team. Last I thought they were far better last they year. They absolutely flamed yeah. out. But I I would be absolutely floored if they got past the Elite Eight. And even that, I could see them losing in the early rounds. I just do not trust them. They are too inconsistent. Uh, Umar Balo apparently has a broken hand now. Does uh, he? Yeah, he broke his hand uh, against UCLA. Kept playing. You couldn't tell wow. from his pitch-perfect free-throw shooting. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to notice. Yeah, if only but, the broken hand were the actual oh issue. Oh, my hand! It's broken! Yeah. They don't, they don't have, like, the end-of-the-game clutch player. Like the, the, the best bucket get, getter, yes. Yeah. That's what they've been missing all year long. Has been mostly good this year, but he's not the type of best player you need to no. get far in the tournament. No. Right? Yeah. Uh, although I do like that tandem of, of Balo and Tubelas, but no, I don't think it will take them gotcha. to a Final Four. Uh, let's talk about the Diamondbacks, guys. All right. Corbin Carroll's got some money. The 22-year-old is getting eight years and $111 million, which will take him through the 2030 season with a club option for 2031 that could bring the total to 134. That's according to MLB.com's Steve Gilbert. Here is Mike Hazen on Saturday as the Diamondbacks announced the extension. He's come into this organization. Uh, he has been a model in so many different ways of what we are looking for in an Arizona Diamondback player. And this is a culmination of a you know um, him grinding through the minor leagues very quickly. I should probably shouldn't use the word grind. Um, rocketing through the minor league system, getting up to our major league team, um, making an immediate impact, and we feel going to make an impact for years to come. And very fortunate to be able to say that he's going to be here now um, for a long time. Our story on ArizonaSports.com, which is uh, on the homepage right now, points out that no player with fewer than 100 days of service mm-hmm. time had ever received a $100 million extension. That? So unprecedented here. Yeah, Your so reaction? My reaction is I, I think this is a very interesting move from the Diamondbacks. It puts a lot of pressure on Corbin Carroll, but the Diamondbacks are basically saying that 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 we are going to buy three years of your free agency. We're going to we're going to bonus you up front because of this because we think every day you spend on the job, you're going to get better and better and better. Yes, it's a win win because obviously the player cashes in early. 
But if this works out, and all indications are this is going to work out for mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll, he's that talented. Yep. The Diamondbacks are getting a bargain as well. They're that gonna, is if, true. If, if and he's yep. as good as they they think he's going to be. He's the number one prospect. If he's that good, they're going to have him at fourteen million dollars a year for years yes. in his absolute prime. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, that that is, is a steal uh, in modern is baseball. The way the Diamondbacks are going to have to do business because yep. they're not going to be in the in, in you know playing in the real estate where they can give out three hundred and fifty million dollar contracts the, for the big names. And now, so perceptually, why does it matter? It matters because this is a fan base that is still angry at the team for not retaining Paul. Paul Goldsmith, right? Paul. Paul. Goldsmith. Goldsmith. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? So the fan base now is like, okay, so we're not going to lose Corbin Carroll. Okay, good. That's a start. It it does separate Corbin Carroll from the rest of these, from the rest of this youth movement, which I think is interesting. Temporarily. Temporarily. If these guys. Paul Goldschmidt. These guys perform too. I could see the Diamondbacks going down this road. Similar to what the Braves have done with a lot of their young talent. They've locked it all up for a long time. Yeah. And that would be a very enviable position to be in for the Diamondbacks. But I like it. And yeah, me know, too. Corbin Carroll can concentrate on baseball and maybe ever, win the National League Rookie of the Year. Have you year. ever seen Corbin Carroll run really fast, Jarrett? You ever <laughs> see him run from first to third? It's quite something. <laughs> pew! Pew, pew, pew! Jackie the Jet. That's a different kind of pew. Man, you look like you're about to poop your pants. There you go. There we go. Right from the mouth of Alan Thomas. Uh huh. Thank you, Sarah. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Coming up next, hey, another week and another reminder that the spotlight should always be shining on one NFL quarterback. Uh, and it's by his doing. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I love poo. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If there's other teams involved other than the Jets, then they've been very, very quiet about it. And while that's possible, I, I like to believe that we would have gotten wind of it by this point. You know, I still have had people throughout this process tell me, watch the Raiders, watch the Raiders, watch the Raiders. But there's no indication other than the outside chatter of watch the Raiders that they're involved. So I think the Jets have shot their shot. I think they're waiting to hear what Rodgers wants to do. I think there's probably still a little tinkering left to do before they get to what the exact deal would be with Green Bay uh, in terms of the trade, but I also think you know both of those teams have some idea of what the what the price is ultimately going to be. So I think it's up to Rodgers. That is Dan Graziano from ESPN. Dan Graziano, who looks like me, but uh, with a better looking filter on him. <laughs> if you took a picture Hold of me and, and put a filter on it to make you better looking, I would be Dan Graziano. Is that right? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Oh, I do see it. I do see it. You're still the better-looking cousin, though, Vince. Don't Aww. talk yourself down like that. I Somebody uh, at your wedding, actually, one of our colleagues said uh, she walked up to Dan Graziano at an NFL event and thought it was me. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she was very embarrassed. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that's Dan Graziano talking about Aaron Rodgers and uh, still no decision. Are we shocked that uh, Aaron Rodgers is you know, milking this for, for all it's worth? No, we're Dan not. Graziano's we're, we're not one, at all. There's like two ways to go: retirement or the Jets. Yeah. Wow, what a choice! What a Sophie's choice there, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's so, so I I would have I would love to have heard the phone call because the Jets they had to fly cross country to go to him. 
Yeah, yes. they went to, from from New York to California. Yeah, right. Which upgrade? <laughs> this yes, time of the year, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, he was at some flag football event over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall, for, former NFL receiver, now media guy. He's got his own podcast, the I Am Athlete podcast, that the cameras trained. He was trying to get some information out of Aaron Rodgers, and good luck with that, Brandon Marshall. How was it meeting Woody Johnson? How was that meeting? Oh, that was, that was, you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving you. just there now. That's all I'm giving you. Hey, Rod. Hey, Rod. Stay tuned. Stay tuned? How Stay long tuned. we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long. There's a, there's a, there's a, time, there's a time limit for all this. Can I break the news? Especially with the Jets, because I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm an all-time Jet. That's just fair, right? The Jet can break the news. You're an all-time Jet? Yeah. How many years are you there? Check numbers. It doesn't matter. I think you was a bear. Not, not about numbers. I'm all-time bear, too. That's what I'm saying. I'm all-time bear, too. I'm not saying you are. I agree you are. It's like you're an all-time Packer. You can be an all-time Jet. Down on the Not if you only play one year, you can't be an all-time Yes, you can. Absolutely. Numbers don't lie. Check the numbers when you get there. Organizations have history, right? And it's about the people that made those organizations. So you're telling me I played two years for the Jets. That doesn't count. No, it does. You were part of the history of the organization. Okay, great. So I just think you're the best. Tribeca, Brooklyn. Are you going to be in Jersey? I've never been to Tribeca before. I've been to Brooklyn. You like a Brooklyn guy, Williamsburg. I don't know what that means. Love you. Thank you. <laughs> um, he tried. He said he prefaced it by saying, "I'm trying." Uh, tried to get information out of Aaron Rodgers, didn't do it. There is something telling in there, though. When Brandon Marshall says you could be an all-time Jet, and Aaron Rodgers says, "How could you be an all-time Jet if you only play one year?" Yeah, I well, wonder if you win a Super Bowl, then you can. Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. But the Jets winning a Super Bowl <laughs> with with they're, or without it, they feel they're a quarterback away. They're a good team. They're, I, they're good. I think they're a good team, and I think they are a quarterback away. But um, that's uh, you're also talking about the AFC, and there is that's a gauntlet. You know what I mean? You, it's yeah, so, yeah. You can you, uh, you can set up a playoff field in the AFC, and the and the level of quarterback play would be insane if you have the right guys. The From other Lamar message- Jackson to Patrick Mahomes to Josh Allen mm-hmm. to Aaron Rodgers to Justin Herbert. All right, continue, Vinny. Sorry. No, I mean the other thing he says is is stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned. Okay, we've, we've been tuned. we've been tuned. Yeah, that's yeah. right. How long do you want us to stay tuned? Find you know my my advice to the listening audience is if you're you know you're out there looking for a relationship, find somebody who loves you the way that Aaron Rodgers loves himself. Yeah, that's yeah right. And you will be happy forever. You, yes, then then you will have found eternal happiness. <laughs> He hasn't, but you will. No, he hasn't. No, he's always he's always seeking, always on a quest to find that next thing. And look again, your your, your choices are pretty limited. Mm-hmm. I think the reports coming out of Green Bay are accurate. People saying, "Wow, the Packers are behind the scenes, hoping that Aaron Rodgers comes to them and says, yeah, trade me to the Jets.' They don't want to deal with him anymore. I think." If that happens and Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets, and and you said it, many people believe it. They're a Mm -hmm. quarterback away from being a real contender for the Super Bowl. I think that situation is also very ripe for utter dysfunction. Yes. Because it is the Jets. It is New York. Aaron Rodgers, could you imagine Aaron Rodgers conducting himself the way that he has 
in New York for the last 17 years as opposed to Green Bay, Wisconsin? Yeah, no, I think I think there'll be a little bit of a honeymoon because it would be such a it would be such a big addition for the Jets. You know, they're the they're the little brother franchise in New York. So so to me, I think that uh, th- there would be a honeymoon. But you're right. I, I think that if he doesn't live up to, you know, his standard of play, then I think I think the tabloids could could I think it could get messy. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it was funny how he said, I see you as a Williamsburg guy. Yeah. Which means you are the absolute biggest hipster, phony, fake doofus, <laughs> thinks she's cool guy in the world. That's one that, Those are the people that live Yeah, yeah that's one interpretation. In yeah. Uh, here's another potential speed bump. Aaron Rodgers, what number does he wear? 12. It's retired by the New York Jets. Oh, by Broadway Joe Namath. F- most famous New York Jet ever. Talk about a one-year legend. I mean, he, he, all on that one Super Bowl. I mean, we could we could talk about that, but I mean, Joe Namath is still one that. of the most it famous. Was the fur code. It was he's one of the most famous yeah. football players that's ever lived. Yeah. Um, do you think Joe would give up the number? Again, I I would hate for that to even become part of any conversation. I you hate would, it too. You would hope Aaron Rodgers would have enough respect. <laughs> I know it is kind of funny to say this, right? <laughs> to not even go there. Would it, would, would, it, would, it, would it really? Would it kill you to wear number nine for a year? <laughs> uh, I, I I'm only laughing because no, you're Aaron right. Rodgers is included in that yeah, question. Listen, as, as soon as I started saying it and you started laughing, I'm like, yeah, this is really absurd what I'm I, saying here. But I hate the fact numbers are retired. They yes, people are not available. People can come out of retirement. Numbers can't. Yes. Stop retiring numbers if you're going to continue to pull them there down you from go. the rafters. There you go. Yes, that's a great policy. Yeah. So I'm thinking sometime by mid-May, we'll have a decision by Aaron Rodgers nah. on what he's going to do. <laughs> you know, after the draft and after all the free agency money I is think, spent. I, I, I think this is more. I think this is more. They're just trying to get the, 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 the trade, all of it done. I, I think it's done. You think? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, we should have, maybe, if that's the case, maybe we'll have another interesting item to talk about later this week. Uh, the Madness tips off on Thursday. With it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text the word BUCKS to 620-620 to fill out your bracket and compete in the Madness. Once again, that's BUCKS, B-U-C-K-S. Two six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, the first blast of the week, and it's going to be fire. It's next from Dan Bickley here on Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.